Welcome to the Business Maestro with Kerry Wood, talking all things development, growth, team harmony, and getting the best for you out of your business. Every week, Kerry auditions industry leaders, business owners, and individuals who have increased the tempo on their business growth. For a direct line to Kerry, join the Business Ensemble on Facebook. Here's the thing. Kerry is straight up and straight down the middle. There may be some politically incorrect stuff coming your way. If you're into the no-bullshit type of learning, then this podcast is for you. Hey, g'day, it's Kerry Wood here, the business maestro. You're listening to my podcast, and uh, if you've listened to the intro of the podcast, I'm just going to reiterate that sometime in the next 20, 30, 40 minutes, someone on this podcast might say something that you find a bit pointy, but that's how we do it here. We are the business maestro, the centre of business excellence, and we we run a, an absolutely... Um, BS free zone for business growth, business improvement. So this podcast is if you want your business to grow and you want to learn stuff, then you're listening to Kerry, Kerry Wood, the business maestro from the Centre of Business Excellence. And today, today is the day you have to listen right through because we have got an international author who's going to talk to us about one of the hardest businesses to make money in, but the business that everyone enjoys when they're in it and a business that as people get involved in it, they really, really blossom. It's one of the success stories of international business and it's really Retail, yeah, the place where they open the doors and people come in and they just throw money at it. And we've got a guest all the way from New South Wales, uh, and I'd like to welcome to the Business Maestro's podcast all the way from New South Wales, the author of Cashing Out with Confidence, Mr. Chris Mackey. Hello, Chris. How are you all the way from New South Wales, my friend? Thanks for having me, Kerry. Um, the pleasure is all yours. I'm, <laughs> I'm very well, thank you. Very That's well. It. That's outstanding. Now, now, Chris, um, you live in a beach. You live by the beach, don't you? Somewhere in New I South do. Wales. I said stuff it to the city ten years ago, and uh, and then I just had to. I built the perfect life, uh, Kerry, and now I'm going about quickly funding it. So yeah, <laughs> I got and and the second part sometimes is more challenging. So yeah, I live on a on on the beach, on a beautiful little part of the coast with hardly any people. Uh, and um, yeah, it's 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 gorgeous. It's it's gorgeous. Outstanding. Now, Chris, we will get to the book because that's what mm-hmm. we're here to talk about. But I have a little question before we get get to it. What made you write a book? Take the all the you know the the stuff that goes on in your head and write a book about retail, about getting the cash out of about retail, about the profitability, of the cash. What that's a hard one. What made you take that on, my friend? Well, I wrote. This is um, an interesting story, um, and I'm sure some of your listeners are going to relate to this because it's why I wrote the book. I left school when I was 15. That I must have been in 1827. Or... That was just after 1827, and I think it was 1975, to be exact, um, at the tender age of 15 because my dad said, you're slow. You're no good at school, so you might as well leave and go and get a job and i said okay dad i'll i'll go but i what now but i always knew that i wasn't slow i just can't read i i really struggle um my wiring's not like other people's so to get things into my head is quite difficult and equally it's difficult to get things out but i always never thought i was dumb and i and Last year, in actual fact, I was in a conference in uh, in 
Adelaide in um, Australia. And a guy got up on the stage and said, you know what? You can write a freaking book. And there's a saying that now you, the things that you're frightened of, you actually should go and do. So that's why I wrote a book, Kerry, because I actually have a story to tell. I have experience. I know what I'm talking about. So you can, you can do this. And that's why I wrote the book. So I had to just sort of work back from there. Okay, I'm going to write a book. What, what do I know about? <laughs> and that's what I know about retailing. Mate, what, what a great story. So let's, let's, let's bowl forward, you know, 45, 50 years to, you know, March, April of this year. And I know, you know, I don't, by the way, Chris, I don't want any negative bullshit. I don't want to know oh, we're all going to die. Okay. I don't want any of that. But, you know, COVID's, COVID's hit us hard and all that. So what's it doing to the business community around you and, and how, how are you guys coping? And, you know, because in New Zealand here, we've been in lockdown and then in Auckland, we were back in a little bit of yeah. one and all that. But how's it, how's, how's it going to, how's it going to impact you guys? And, and what's your view of how, how you guys are going to cope, the business community in Australia? business community the people that i talk to maybe i just hang out with the positive people but they're, they're killing it um, my friends in retail say every weekend is christmas every weekend um i live as i mentioned on a, in a holiday location you couldn't get accommodation here for love nor money um average price for a house for a night a thousand dollars um, so yeah, mate, and uh, customers that I have, I've got some people who are in construction and building. Um, the same thing. Uh, my builder clients are all booked out now for all jobs until the end of January. So I don't know who you're talking to, but I'm only talking to guys who have got yeah. This is like unbelievable. Uh, the lens that they're looking at, the, the reality that they create. I'm sure there's people who don't look at it that way and aren't doing well, but I don't seem to hang around them. So, yeah, to, for retailers specifically, to say every month we have Christmas. Yep. Pretty amazing. It's quite interesting, and I agree totally. Uh, you know, I think they're, all business owners have got that little bit of, um, not nerves, but what we you know, we just need, we need not being careful, but just let's keep, let's be aware. But the businesses I work with, and I'd like to think it's because, like you, I try and surround myself with how's this going to happen? What are we? What not? Not what are we going to do? But let's do it. And somewhat, you know, like, and um, you know, my best story for you, and I know it's not, a, and we'll get to retail. Well, I work with a, a um, a function venue, a hospitality venue, and obviously they've been, you know, royally, um, you know, given a bit of a thing, but. We sat down about two and a half months ago and we rejigged their prices, rejigged their, their, their offering, rejigged their guarantee. We put a guarantee in place, lifted their prices by 28, uh, 28% across the board, yeah. and they are manic. They are just, I, I mean, manic beyond belief. Uh, booked out, you know, uh, right into uh, winter of next year for weddings and functions and all of that. And it's just about, as you say, attitude and all that. Anyway. So let's let's go back a little bit to, to retail. So how's how's COVID? You know, Christmas. Retail saying it's all Christmas and, and all that sort of thing. Um, so you know, your book's called Cashing Out with Confidence. Yep. So Chris, can I ask you? Can you give me like a couple of minutes about what the book covers? Then I've got a couple of questions for you. One is, you know, 
retail is a hard lark. You know, retail is a lot of hours and, a, and, a, and you know, a lot of pressure and all that. So I want to deal with how, how businesses make money and get cash out. And then when you've, when you've answered that and I'm happy with the answers, and I'll, then I'm going to talk to you about getting the people to make it work with you. How does that sound? Yeah, sounds cool. So cashing out with confidence. How do business owners come out now? What do they need to do? What what are, what are the four or five key points here? The four or five, the, the bullseye, the centre that uh, I've discovered that everybody needs and wants is is confidence. Now it sounds pretty silly, but without like I've not invented the the new rubber wheel here. I have not invented a new widget. This is all just common sense stuff. But people don't do it because they don't have confidence. So let's just think of confidence to grow. Um, so let's just unpack that for a second. Um, if if, if procra you procrastinate when you don't have confidence. So what my book is teaching everybody is to have um, have a balance in their life. And the way to get a balance in their life is that they've got a, uh, their business has got to be healthy and robust. And that means adapting to their customers, um, knowing what their niche is and being uh, a bit nimble on, on their feet. The other thing area that we work on is um, freedom. And what I mean by freedom is, is a team that works with work. So you don't have to work, Kerry. So that's what freedom, and ultimately, you see retailers, they're doing 15-hour uh, days, seven days a week. Um, they haven't got freedom because they haven't got a team that works for them. And a lot of that time, that's about they won't let go. They won't train. You know what I mean? But ultimately, they're paying the price with their health. And it means that they have no one to help them. So it's a lonely, bloody place, too, to say, I've got no one to help me and I'm not everything about customer service and a wow, I have to create myself. And the third thing is sell the business for a massive profit. And you spoke on um, like, how does, how do you make more money in retail? Retail uh, carry is um, high volume, low profit. And so my history carry is like, I told you I left school when I was uh, uh, 15. I have worked for uh, two of the two of the top fifty aspects companies in Australia. I suppose my claim to fame is I started a supermarket chain here in Australia called Independent Grocers of Australia. There was two and a half thousand retailers in that group, and I I was responsible for that. So when I say I know about retail, people suggest that I have forgotten what most people won't learn. So that, that's, that's the basis of the book. So if you reference that about uh, retailing, mate, um, it's, it's high volume, low profit. So your payday is when you sell your business. That's your payday. You're gonna earn a good living along the way. You're gonna collect some nice toys. You're gonna have nice houses, but really your ultimate goal is to sell that business for a massive profit. Okay, that's a lot of, of information. That. Sorry? And we teach a lot of the ways to do that. Let's, um, Chris, you've, you've given us a lot of information. I've written about a page of notes there, my friend. So here, here, comes, some, uh, here comes some questions back at you, my friend. Mm -hmm. You know, 
you said at the start, you know, it's about pro procrastinating, if that makes not sense. Procrastinating. Sorry? Or not procrastinating. Yeah. So so how does a you know, you've got a retailer, he's uh he's selling widgets yeah. and he's got to make some decisions. How does he make how, how does he get out of that habit of procrastinating, Chris? How does he go, Well, holy crap, I you, you're right, I need to do this, but 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 but, but, but. it's um it comes down to numbers. Do you know I know people and I sometimes fall into this uh, trap myself. I don't open my credit card statement because I'm frightened of the numbers. I'm frightened <laughs> of what's in there. I don't open my credit card statement until it's due. I've got customers who are exactly the same. And they here's a here's a case study. I have a client in Newcastle has two delicatessens. She before we were before we met, she was losing eight thousand dollars a month, Kerry, a month to two outlets. Blind Freddie could see that one outlet was making money and the other one wasn't. So why did this business owner hang on to something that she uh, she should have had should have moved on? The answer was she didn't have the confidence to understand the profit and loss statements to be able to pull apart what business unit was making money and what wasn't and take the action she needed. In comes Chris. He shows her how to, look, if we got rid of this business, so much will transfer. It's transferable income. We bolt that onto your existing business. We cut a new deal here. We trim stuff here. She's making $30,000 a month net profit now. So losing eight to plus 30. And it just came down to confidence. She didn't have the confidence to make the decision that in her heart she knew she had to make. Okay, so in your book, in, in your book, and I've been through most of it, in your book, well, all of it, in your book, you, you give some advice on how important are the numbers, Chris? You know, like, like on a scale of one to 10. They're, they're tens. You've got no choices if you've got no data. If you've got no no choices, then you're, you, you're punch drunk. You're just getting you know, one, two, three, hook, one, two, three, hook. You don't know where to go. Can I share a story? And, and maybe yeah. my listeners will remember this because uh, we had, uh, you know, uh, Bradley J. Flynn, don't you, Mr. Flynn? I have met Bradley J. Flynn. Yeah, I okay, okay, J for Junior, Bradley Junior, you know, just because you should. Yeah. And uh, I, I, a lot of my clients, um, and think about uh, retail, uh, Chris, cash flow. You know, they sit there going, crap, 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 cash. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I get all of my clients to do a cash flow. Now it's a carry which means it's anal about detail and it, it works. The funniest thing is as they do it, you can see them changing color and going white because they're seeing the bank balance at, um, these are false numbers, bank balance at 10,000. Yeah. You take all the bills out, bank balance negative 25,000. Yeah. And then you, you know, so, and then they go to the next, next uh, week yep. and they put the income in. And, and, I, and when they've done it all, at the end of doing it, you can see them sitting there going, Oh, holy, holy heck, Batman. Oh, oh, crap, holy heck. And I go, do you know you hold the most powerful document in your business in your hands? And they look at me, I go, because you can see that your bank balance is negative 10, negative 15, five, you know what? It, so yep. now what we can do 
is as we make changes to the profitability, the sales, the pricing, all the other stuff, we'll watch that change. It also means you can ring your suppliers, you can ring your clients, you can change stuff. by, do And the, the change in business owners, when you make them, and you have to force them, because I don't know, your clients might not be yeah. like this, but if any of my clients are listening, they all are, they go, oh, you will do that, and then they use that big four-letter word, they don't. But if you force clients to always do their cash flow and know exactly, you know, what's how much is in your bank? Oh, negative 6,300. That's not a bad number. Who cares? Do, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, I, I agree. So, okay, we'll get them to do that. Now, you said, you the next thing you said was have yeah. balance. Yeah. So is that have balance in life and business or have a balanced business? Or what do you mean by that, young man? Um, well, old fella, I mean balance is my philosophy is you can't separate your business from your life, they are there together. So without one, the other, but to break it out, and what I really mean is um, with, if things aren't right in your business, they're going to spill over as not right in your life. So the way to to get a better life or to get some balance is you, your business has to do some different, different shit. Um, again, the, uh, uh, a case study would be a bloke in Melbourne that I work for. Uh, he he had his his supermarket right had sixty percent of its stock that nobody wanted to buy, but he thought he was a supermarket in inverted commas for the visually blind. Um, he had sixty percent of his stock that didn't sell that people didn't want. So therefore, to get a balance in his life, that you know, we had to free up the stock, get better stock in that people actually did want to buy because they, to be honest, he wasn't a supermarket. He's a convenience store. They want chips, they want soft drinks, they want pet food, it's, it, but they don't want to buy six varieties of sunscreen. You know? He had the wrong stock because he, his mind was, I'm a supermarket. When that changed, the balance in his life it just opened up, mate, and it's a it's a it's a quite of a heartfelt story. We put all these changes into place in his business, and it turned around awesomely quickly. He called me up and said, "Chris, thank God we did those things because I have now cancer. The business now runs on its own. Yep. I don't have to worry." So imagine, and when we're talking about balance, he's got the he's got the freaking thing working the way it should, so that he can look after himself. They're lucky to report to you and your listeners that he's healthy, cancer clear now. But no, that's what I mean. You've got to adapt to your customers. 60% of the stuff in his store, no one wanted to buy. <laughs> Talk about it's, it's... cash flow. Imagine what that does to your cash flow to release all that inventory back into working capital. It's, it's, it's a common thing, and you'd know this. I work with a couple of importers and distributors, and you look at their stock, and I'm use a round number. They've got a million dollars worth of stock. And then you look at their obsolete stock, and they've got $300,000 worth of obsolete stock. And you say, yum. So you've yeah. actually only got $700,000 worth of stock. And they go, oh, we've got the other three. But, but it's, so you need to sell that. Like, if you can get $50,000 for that $300,000, that's the decision. And then you have this huge procrastination yeah. about turning what, what you want us to sell the 300,000 at a loss well, no what I want you to do is get $50,000 worth of cash into the business yeah okay um so 
the, one of the things you said there, uh, young man, was yep. that the freedom is having a team to do what you yep. without you because Words we know. You don't have to, yeah. So good retailers, um, the, the retailers um, aren't open from nine to four. You know, that might be seven yeah. days. It might be from eight to six, whatever. So I don't know what it's like where you live at the beautiful beach and all that, but I can tell you categorically that to find good retail staff in New Zealand is like finding, you know, um, bad wine in McLaren Valley, quite difficult. Yeah. So how do you do that, Chris? How do you, how do you find the right people to make sure it works? Well, to start with, um, not all people uh, are bad people. There are good people out there that you can find. But the fundamental core problem with retailers is that they're not willing to grow their people. Now, I've explain, worked, explain that more, more, more. Explain that for, I'm just about to. So I've worked as a consultant before I bought into Action Coach for a retail family whose expectations was we just employ managers and they should know what to do. We don't have to train them. We don't have to get them to buy into our culture. They should come already packed up with all this shit they need. Uh, wrong. That's why you have got shit people working for you because you're not prepared to understand how to go about finding them. And now I've got a mate in Queensland who's got seven stores. His business works so good now, all he does is induct his staff. That's all he does. That's all his job is. No one gets paid unless he's done the induction. He values it so much. Mm -hmm. uh, he, he, I select the right people. I in, induct them correctly. I teach them about our culture. I teach them about why we do what we do for who we do it for. And I keep really instilling it. So, yep, th this is the trap that retailers are falling into. They just want a take a pill. Give me a pill, please. That gets me my next manager. Mm, it's not going to happen, mate. You've got to get a good person who's got the right attributes and grow them to be your manager, get them to understand the culture of the business and, and what you stand for. And, you know, but it's, they're not going to walk in off the street. Isn't, isn't that wrong. interesting? Isn't that interesting? You know, people will invest hours and hours and hours in finding someone to work in their business. If they see that, if they see that that person, um, I'm going to say a business like a, um, uh, a nurse skill and all that but for retail they just take anybody that just don't invest the time because they don't see it as as a skill in the headspace and all that yeah. and it, you know as you do i work with all my clients the first thing you talk to any prospective employee about is your values your business values their yeah. values that we are aligned we yeah. we agree this because you can what's that saying you can That's teach it. skills yeah uh, you, you can teach you can teach skills, but you can't change an attitude. So yep. employ for attitude and teach the skills. No, no, the, the saying, my friend. Is, um, is, is the, that mentality is driven by the very low margin. Yep. So it's employ for attitude and train aptitude. That's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so we've been doing this. We've had this retail outlet mm -hmm. selling whatever it is for three or four years. We've done some hours. We've had our good life. The wife's happy. Everything's going really well. Yep. And then we're we're thinking, okay, time to time to to shack up and cash out with confidence. Yep. So, so we've 
so six or eight months before yep. that, what do we need to do? Because, you know, like all businesses, you know, if, if you give six or I always tell my clients, if you do, if you put six or eight months into preparation for the sale, yep. you will get, you know, a lot more. Yep. So what the last six or eight months, Chris, what do you what, what do you think we should be doing? Some myths have got to be busted. OK, the, what are the myths, the, my friend? The first myth is that all I do is open the doors and they'll come. Uh, wrong, it's 2020. For a retail business not to have a database now, especially post-COVID, it's nearly criminal. I mean, the mentality is, I just, I, 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 if I've got a grocery store, we open the doors, we make sure everything is nicely faced up and all the cans look real pretty. But the true value of, the, of a business right now is in its data. Like if I will, if I was buying a business that had good data, I would pay a premium for it than if I had a business that was just one of a typical retail store. I open the doors and the people come in, and they don't. And that just sets you up for a race to the bottom, Kerry. Because like, who can sell coke the cheapest? They, you're the winner. I mean, that's just dumb. It's pretty dumb. It's pretty gum. So that, how do you got to set yourself up? Um, you got to know your niche. As I said, um, the example of my friend in, uh, in Melbourne, um, he, he knew his niche and he targeted his business for it. For three years before COVID came along, before this year, he had a 10% growth, a 12% growth, which is above all the industry averages. But it just like it was fine tuned. It was it was working, um, and that's how he got his growth, and that's how he got his great payday. Okay, so know your database. What else? Yeah. You've got a database. Yeah. You're communicating. You're communicating you with them. You're adding value. What else? You got to get as I just mentioned. You got to um, fine tune your niche. You got to know uh, what you what you're on about and. Um, a, a lot of it, as we said, in, is in some some training um, systems. You know, the, the, uh, a, a modern supermarket now has a computer that orders all the stock for you. So there's a okay. great replenishment system. There's a great things that owners you know, don't have to do. Uh, the next one um, is uh, work on a... Um, some KPIs, you've got to have some really good KPIs in there. And one thing is um, uh, return on square meterage. So that uh, you've got to be working, uh, I've got a thousand square meter store. Um, what's the return I get for that 1000 uh, square meters and trying to be improving that because as a prospective buyer, I want to know what is your return on per square meter. Um, another one uh, is your stock turns, Kerry. And you yep. mentioned the wholesaler before that had yep. the 300 grand worth of uh, surplus stock. Yep. Um, what's, what is the stock turns in the business and how can you get that down, that number um, uh, stock up, not down. <laughs> how can you increase your stock turns um, and there's a bunch of ways you can do that. Like I said, you can reduce reduce the range. Uh, funny thing, 
happens when you reduce the range. Your gross profit goes up. Go figure that one. Yep. Drinking um, stops. Yep. And interesting. I, I mentioned earlier about a, a venue, a yep. hospitality venue. Do you think we extended their menu or uh, reduced their menu? When I was a fruit and veg manager working in Coles New Worlds, whenever your gross profit was no good, you just had to go and have a look at the range. Yep. Take the range down until you could get on top of it and then slowly get in tune with the seasons. But yeah, it's the don't don't add, do what you got better. Yep. So how important is it, you know, to have a, a say twelve month out, a six month or a twelve month out plan for what you're doing? Chris? Five years, mate. Not five Sorry? Five years. Ooh, okay, justify that, my friend. These businesses are low margins. Yep. And high turnover. So you, you need to have, uh, in my opinion, a five-year plan. And and why is because you're in it for a long period. You're not there for a short period. You're, you're there for at least... And even if uh, you've got a fantastic offer tomorrow or next month for your business... The business plan can go with the business. It adds value, in fact. It adds it value adds to values. the business. But I then get everybody to break or have a 90-day action plan. So I like a big overall you know, where we're going that tells you the cash at the – if we hit these numbers, if we get this revenue and we control our expenses, what's my cash at the bank at any time? How's that affect my overdraft? So there's a whole bigger – bigger scheme here um but then i uh, i don't think a year but certainly 90 days because retail's changed so much whenever i've spoken to guys about it carry the feedback is mate this is too dynamic i can't have a plan for a year i don't know what's going to happen next month so 90 days seems to be a sweet spot where you can put in some some action that you can not get overwhelmed with and execute yeah maybe you didn't think i'd say that but uh yeah five years uh because it's it's uh, it, we've got to get rid of these ups and downs and these peaks and troughs and the only way to do that is to look over a bigger period and then you okay. can actually see oh yeah we're, we're either making money or eating money and um and that's what a five-year plan's really gonna over the long term um, and that's, I just mentioned, I, I, I won't mention him again, that guy in Victoria, we did a five-year business plan and he told me, he said, look, I, and he features in this book. So he told me, look, I thought I had a problem, but in three years' time, this is why five years is important, in three years' time, I go out of business. I'm insolvent. I went, yeah, you are. He says, well, that's not really good because I just went and spent... $150,000 on a new Ram truck. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, but but the good thing is, mate, you know now. So we can do some actions now, which aren't going to be overnight because this is three years he goes insolvent. So we're, we've got plenty of time to improve that. But it's going to at least take us 18 months to turn that, that trend around. Without the five-year vision, he would have just gone. I'm working real hard, but I've got I've got less money. I don't know what's going on, and we would just we'd be searching all the time for the answer and not knowing it. Where yep. vision over a longer period, you can go. Shit, 
My, my expenses are going to keep going up. My competition is going to keep driving my gross profit down. And three years, I go under. So let's do some stuff and turn that and stop that happening. Okay. Chris, I've got a couple more questions, but I just yep. want to ask now, how does anyone, how do we get hold of a copy of your book? Oh, well, there's two ways. Uh, I, I will send you a link to uh, uh, a page that people can order it off or it's on Amazon. So really? Just, yeah, yeah. So just search uh, Cashing Out with Confidence by Chris Mackey and it's on Amazon. Okay, but send but us the link and I'll, I'll make sure Alison... Amazon's prices, Alison will do it for me. Amazon yeah, Alison will put the link on very on different to mine. <laughs> yeah, Alison will put the link on um, on, uh, on, yeah. on the, in the in the podcast, and then I'll put it on link our Facebook page. page. Lala, yeah. so we'll make that work. Okay, so Chris, here's a little situation for you, a bit of a story. Yeah. Young fella, 23, 24, got a bit of money in the bank, wants to go into business, thinking of buying a retail outlet because he's not because you know he left school at 15 and yeah. retail. What you know the, the knowledge of actually you know you can learn this. So what's your best advice for a young fellow, you know, 20, mid-20s, going to buy a retailer, you know, selling a, a, a station, stationery shop maybe or something something, something small but simple. What's your best advice, Chris? Well, I'll just, I'll use Warren Buffett as an example. <laughs> okay, go big. I'm going to swing to Warren Buffett because this is this type of podcast, I believe. It's a bit out there. So Warren Buffett was asked if I had... Uh, $500 to invest, Warren, what would you do? And Warren Buffett's uh, reply was, I would buy toilet paper. Everybody needs it. You're never going to not need it. Yep. So to answer the question to the 23, go for it, mate. Uh, specifically, uh, if it's a food and beverage related, like a, like a store, like a supermarket, um, you're always going to be in need. People will always need, they'll always need to buy toilet paper. It's not something that comes and goes out of fashion. And if you're on, if you're you know, dry, working the business, adapting to the customer's needs as they change and they do change regularly, you're going to have, I always think uh, this is saying, um, whoever dies with the most toys wins. A retail business is going to give you a fantastic lifestyle, full of plenty of toys, get to hang around good people like me and occasionally dodgy folks like you. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd go, I would go with it, but I would start with a business plan. I wouldn't just go, okay. Um, and that old, that old saying, don't buy the, don't start a business, buy one that's already existing. Don't be silly to think I will start one, buy an existing one, because you're going to get, Cash flow. Yep. And as you just mentioned, Kerry, cash flow is king. So don't think that you can, unless you've got a massive like backer who's got a million, couple of million bucks to, to front you for the first few years. Uh, buy an established business with cash flow, buy the worst one and fix it. So um, do you have uh, training videos or anything like that, Chris, that I can direct people at? Or do you have you, you gone down that track yet? You're, you're a good looking acting sort of man. Yeah, yeah, I am too. Um, training videos we have not got. We have a course though. We have uh, a a course that um, that we teach. And yeah, that you made good point there, Gary. We probably should record it instead of just teaching it. But uh, 
It's so you a, do it on Zoom. I mean, you're yeah, in New yeah. South Wales, or so if someone, if so, if they once again, if they go to, uh, how what's your, how do they get hold of you, young man? Yep, I'll uh, I'll give uh, Alison. Alison the the um, email address. But yeah, it's a Zoom lot for uh, Kerry. I'm global. No, I have customers in America. I have customers in Canada. Um, so I have truly uh, embraced. When I started this business four years ago, it was never going to be a bricks and mortar because I never wanted to just coach people in my local area. Uh, within Australia, I've got from Darwin to Melbourne. And like I said, I've just got a guy, Joe, from uh, in America, and I've got some folks in uh, Canada. Um, so, yeah, mate, it's just a, a challenge on time zones. Um, and usually mornings works for the Americans, and the, um, I haven't got anyone in Europe. Would you believe? But yeah, but, that's how I'll give you the email yep, address. Allison can put all that in the comments orders. and on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I'll share a story with you. It's a little bit yeah. retail, but it's interesting. Um, an uncle of mine, when I was young, I didn't realize, you know how you, you don't realize what's going on. An uncle of mine uh, had a little retail shop, little retail shop. He was a barber. Um, and, and that I know that's not quite retail, but it's sort of, yeah. you open the doors and people... And he had a, his his shop was at number seven, the Esplanade, and his his barber shop was called Seven 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 Barber. That was it. Alan, Uncle Alan, used to open his shop every morning at seven, open till seven, seven days a week. That's why it was called Seven 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 Barber. And I said, used to say to him, you know, you're you're a bloody idiot. Seven days a week, twelve hours a day. But what I didn't realise was, guess how many a days a days a week he actually worked. <laughs> he did like two days and what he used to do I didn't know this I mean I know now but he used to contract out the chairs do you know what I mean so I yep. bought you know yep. now the thing was I know that this you could get a haircut seven days a week for 12 hours a day at this little barbershop and there used to be a queue out the door at what what time at seven in the morning there'd be a queue because people on their way to work guess what get a haircut on your way home he used to reckon the worst part of the day was like nine till four you know <laughs> Why would you be there? But you know, um, yeah, interesting. And he sold, yeah, and he did very well out of that. And um, I have to say, when he sold it, he um, did nicely. Thank you very much for coming. Have a good day, sort of thing. Yeah, he would. Chris, I've taken I've taken forty minutes of your time, and I can only recommend the book, Cashing Out with Confidence. Um, one final piece of advice for any retailer who's sitting there going, "Holy shit, Batman!" What do I do next? What's what's the Chris Mackey golden nugget that we can oh, throw at these these people? That's that's a bit. Uh, get here it is. Get some outside eyes on what's going on. That retailers are living inside the jar, looking out through the label, and there's just so much that you miss. Um, and as I pointed out in our chat early, this book and my life. I've not invented anything. It's full of just one percenters. And you go, yeah, Mr. Retailer, have you ever stood outside your shop and looked in at what your customers see? And they go, uh, no, I don't do that. Well, did you ever know about it? Oh, of course I know about it. I just don't do it. But wouldn't it be a benefit? Like if there's leaves all blown up against your door, the place looks like it's in Beirut. How appealing would that be? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So it's all one percenters. It's all practical stuff. There's some gems in there, some diamonds, but like people just need some outside eyes 
on their businesses sometimes and and that's the way to unlock the potential okay okay chris we're we're, we're out of time no. here you've got you've got the beach to go and walk down i've yeah. got my my, my, my uh, dinner dinner to go to hey this has been Kerry Wood from The Business Mosh, and we've been honoured and blessed to have Chris Mackey, the author of Cashing Out With Confidence, all the way from New South Wales, sitting in his lounge, looking at the beach. Um, you know, and the story that Chris told about start leaving school at 15, you know, and, and, and starting because, you know, a couple of people didn't think he was a, maybe the sharpest um, knife in the drawer, and what he's done, who he's worked for, all is in this book about experience. And just remember those things. You know, firstly, get some outside eyes on your business. Get someone just to look at it from the outside and go, here's some ideas. And don't procrastinate. Remember that fear goes to worry and that goes to negativity. Don't do that. Don't be fearful. Remember to have life, have balance. Because, um, you know, the, I, I say to my business owners, I'm sure Chris will agree that yeah. your business is a mirror of your life your life is a mirror of your business it's a, it's a 360 thing if you're having a great time at work and you go home you smile at the wife give her a kiss it's all great you know if you go home and you're in a crap mood then then your life's going to be crap so get that balance um remember that your clients are changing all the time so you have to adapt get niche to your clients your clients you know if you go you know now the clients are adapting with the way they pay the way they shop so you've got to you've got to get niche and get really nimble and what Chris said and what he says in his book about have a plan, go out five years because that's when you're going to sell it and put a crap load of money in the bank. But have a plan that's like one year, but come back to 90 days, that three month, 13 week, 90 day. What are we doing? There's, you know, there's 13 weekends, 26 days in the weekends in that 90 day period. What are we going to achieve in 90 days? Be very focused and have the KPIs because they're the numbers you have to achieve, you know, stuff like you know um, the return on a square meterage stuff like how many people are coming in the door and then the big you know one of the big ones don't be an idiot and don't use develop or have a database you know if you've got a shop and you have 20 people coming in a day that's 140 people uh, a week and times 52 is whatever that big number is you should have them all on a database telling them the specials you've got telling them what's going on telling them how you can be a bigger part of their life so look this is Kerry Wood, the business maestro with Chris Mackey from New South Wales. I hope sometime in the last 40 minutes you've learned something, been a part of it. When you post comments on the Facebook page, send me an email, kerry at acbe.co.nz. Touch base with Chris. He's one of the world experts in, in, in really changing how business retailers run their business. So that's, that's it from me. Chris, have you got any final word, my friend? Where do I send the invoice, Kerry? Uh, uh, P.O. Box 1076 <laughs> Sydney Attention Paul Rudd <laughs> Will do No thanks mate uh, Thanks for the opportunity uh, Good luck uh, to all your listeners um, I know that you've got confidence uh, And you're smarter than the average Because you're listening to Kerry Oh I'm going to leave you with that ladies and gentlemen Kerry Wood here The business maestro Go hard out there if you took something away from this podcast or if you know someone that is on their business journey who will find this really valuable, be sure to share this wealth of knowledge with them. And don't forget to subscribe however you're listening to this. And if you're a business owner who needs a bit of oomph, join the Business Ensemble on Facebook and continue today's conversation. 